Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Thursday, November the 2nd, and we are reading from the big book, page XIII, forward to the first edition, the first paragraph, We of Alcoholics Anonymous. We'll be reading one paragraph only and commenting on that. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Toby K, 12 Traditions, Rocky E, readers of the text, Carmela G, Katie G, Naomi B. The reference number for Wednesday, November the 1st, the 7 a.m. meeting is 10610. And for the 10 a.m. meeting is 10612. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Toby Kay to read the 12 steps. Toby Kay, we don't hear you. Hi, Toby Kay. Thank there you, you are. Uh, Toby Kay from New York. Step one, we admitted we, are par- we were powerless over alcohol and our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you.
Thank you, Toby K. And Rocky E. will read the 12 traditions. Hi, good morning. This is Rocky E. from New York. Um, all right, 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon the OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related faculties or outside enterprises, less problems worth money, property, and prestige divert us from my primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees direct, directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you, Rocky E. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page XIII, forward to the first edition. We'll be reading the first paragraph, We of Alcoholics Anonymous, that paragraph only, and commenting on that. Carmela G., would you start the reading for us, please? Good morning. This is Carmela G. from New York. Thank you so much for your service. Thanks for allowing me to serve. Forward to the first edition. This is the forward as it appeared in the first printing of the first edition in 1939. We of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. 
to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. For them, we hope these pages will prove so convincing that no further authentication will be necessary. We think this account of our experiences will help everyone to better understand the alcoholic. Many do not comprehend that the alcoholic is a very sick person. And besides, we are sure that our way of living has its advantages for all. Wow. I think if I heard this statement at the first meeting that I walked into for OA, I would have never ran away because the welcoming, the warmth that you feel, well, that it just exudes from this paragraph. Um, The first word, we, and the italics, the directions, precisely how we have recovered right there in those first words we have we have a promise that if we just follow the directions and surrender and follow we can be recovered and that is a gift that i as an individual was fighting for six decades. And to say that alcoholics are very sick people, we are all very sick. I received a call yesterday from someone who wanted to do some sharing, and um, I reminded him, we are all sick individuals in our own way. And as the book says, as Roseanne said, Together, we get better. To reach out that hand, and this book teaches us how to reach out the hand, not just on our own opinion, not just on our yeah, 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 but how. How do I help myself and others' recovery? And thank you so much for allowing me to read this wonderful passage. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Carmela G. It's now time to open up the floor for sharing. Please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. And this who would like to share? This is Larry K. Ellen C. G. Charles A. Azani A. Lauren N. Ellen C. G. Okay, let me tell you who I got, and I really do apologize. I missed an awful lot of people, but we'll go again. So here's our lineup right now. I have Larry K., Matt M., Sue G., Charles H., Helen S. G., Lauren N., and I heard then Ellen C. G., which might have been the same person. Okay, so let's start with that lineup. Larry Kay, would you like to start for us, please? 
Sure, I'd be glad to start. Uh, thanks for your service. Um, this is uh, Larry Kay. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. You know, I'm going to focus on we have recovered, not recovering from the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, right? So the hopeless state of, state of mind and body was never hopeless. It, it only seemed that way to me. So the limitations of my perceptive lens in which I saw my problem had me convinced that there was no way out of this prison. And so inevitably, I, I think about the story of how they train baby elephants, circus elephants. You know, they take them when they're still small and they tie a, a strong rope around their, around their necks and attach the rope to a secure pole. And the baby elephants naturally try to walk away as they would, and they're stopped by the rope. And they push and pull, and eventually they figure out they just aren't strong enough to break free of their shackles, right? They're tethered and resisting is, is, is useless. And the same thing happens over and over. They keep working the steps to free themselves, right? And eventually, uh, you know, the, the rope no longer is required. Do you know that they can take a string? Imagine that on a 13,000 pound elephant, full grown elephant, take a string that's been, you know, this elephant that, that was trained as a baby and all that elephant is, has to feel almost imperceptibly that string around its, uh, its leg tied to some rope that it could pull out like some weed, and it'll never try. And you could walk by a circus and see the giant elephant standing passively with this little string tied around them. See, we too can remain tethered to erroneous beliefs. I can remain tethered to my false barriers, never again considering an alternative to the solution. There's so many folks dying in this disease. I was. What if they could come to know what true freedom is? It almost, it was seemingly hopeless. It was never hopeless. See, I, I wasn't a baby elephant anymore, right? Now, you may laugh, but I was, a, I was eating like a 10-year-old. I was behaving like a 10-year-old. I had a belief system of a 10-year-old, but I was in a grown man's body. I just had an access to power. I didn't know that that power existed, and I had all the degrees in the world, and I was still tethered with a little string. This, this, this practical program of action allowed me to see the false nature of that string. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Larry, have we lost you or did we lose me? Well, I'm lost all the time, but no, you, you got me. I'm, I, I'll pass. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you, Larry K. Matt M., it's your turn, followed by Sue G. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M., compulsive reader from New Jersey. The WE is Alcoholics Anonymous. This is a WE program. We can't do this alone. We're not allowed to. We can't recover on our own. We just pass off the scene, work the program, or pass off the scene altogether. Um, I have a de definition of the word hopeless here, seemingly hopeless. It means a feeling of causing of despair or inadequacy. It's a, it's a hopeless state of mind and body we're in. We're, des we're desperate for recovery. And uh, the, the purpose of this book is to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. Recovered means that we can actually get recovered. Not, re not in recovery, but recovered. It's possible. Also, on that case, but no further authentication, which is the process of action of proving or showing something to be true, will be necessary, which is great. They don't, as soon as I see this book saying that, I mean, wow, this is the proof right here. The proof is in the pudding. They wrote this book after they got recovered, not before. 
And um, this account of our experiences will help everyone uh, everyone to better understand the alcoholic. It's a way of looking and identifying in the, uh, into, this, into this program with this book. And uh, one way of, our way of living has its advantages for all. It's true. I've, been, I've seen people who are not 12-steppers, and they've seen how their lives have been changed just by their, their family member getting 12-steps and going through the steps and haven't seen them recover. So, yeah, and they're following the same path that they took. So you can get recovered. It is possible to get recovered. So I'm grateful for that. And uh, with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Madam. Sue G., it's your turn, followed by Charles H., Good morning. <clears throat> this is Suji from Michigan, um, recovered by the grace of God. Um, first thing I see that I can relate to is that um, physically and mentally, and there are many times when I went around as a dry drunk, and I, I got the physical abstinence, but I never, never got the mental obsession under control. Um, I don't know why. I don't know if I just never had a recovered um, sponsor that brought that out to me um, before I was envisioned. And um, but I know that you can't just have one without the other. Well, you're not going to have that relief from mental obsession if you're going around eating. It's just going to exacerbate it. Um, but um, that was what. You know, that's what pointed out, what this thing is pointing out, is that we must have both. And I think with the mental obsession, without the, um, without God, without your higher power uh, strengthening you, um, you're not going to stay away from that mental obsession and, and um, say no um, to yourself and your, um, I know that sometimes, it's when I see something that I wanted. If I don't see it, no problem. Um, but if I have faith that that I can turn to and, and have God tell me um, no, walk away, and I obey that and I listen to my higher power, then, then I'm okay. And um, But the, the physical we're always going to have. Um, we know that. But the mental obsession we don't always have to have. Um, that twisted mind, a twisted way we think. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sue G. Charles H., it's your turn, and Helen S.G., you'll be next. Thank you, Lynn, S., for your service. I'm trying to run downstairs from the five train because that thing makes a lot of noise. And here it comes. Anyway, um, my name is Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, trying to run from the train. So the book says to show precisely how we have recovered, and it's capitalized, and it's capitalized for for a reason. You know, um, you know, I, I'm not gonna blame, you know, quote unquote, the OA meetings that didn't um, follow the dictates of the big book. I'm not gonna blame sponsors that I had before, um, because I know that I'm sick. And I don't know about anybody else. That's all I need to know, that I am sick. And when I, you know, when I said I'm desperate enough, Boo Boo Kitty responded to me. And, 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 and it works. Precisely how 
we have recovered. Not 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 a watered down message. Not not my message. Not your message. The message, the plan of action that's in this book. Don't tell me what to do. Show me what you did, right? And you know, and that's what the book does. It shows how these hundred recovered individuals recover. Now I don't know what happened um, from 1939 to 2017, November 2nd, but it's real. I mean, we got to keep saying it because it's the truth. People are just putting their own spin on the big book. Some of y'all want to rewrite the big book. Some of y'all want to do it your own way, and I remember wanting to do that too. But that thing did not work. So they capitalized this for a hardhead like me. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. And I heard from teachers, um, this mirrors the same statement in We Agnostics, Chapter 4. You know, so I'm just so grateful that one day at a time I am willing to precisely follow these directions. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Charles H. Helen S.G., it's your turn, followed by Lauren N. Maybe I didn't hear that name right. Okay. All right, let's move down to Lauren N., and I will figure out. I might have heard somebody else instead of Helen S.G. Thank you. Lauren N., are you available? Yes. Can you hear me now? Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, your lead, and thank you to everyone on the line today. Wow, this, this seemingly hopeless state of mind and I am recovered today. How incredible that I may have gotten to this point in a... I absolutely could never, ever think that I would have gotten to a point of of recovery when I can give back and I can have joy when I wake up in the morning. I talk to my sponsees every morning at 5 of 6 and 6.25 in the morning. Oh, my God, I get up at that hour. I never, ever would have thought of myself doing this program as hard as I do it. And I'm joyful about it. For years, I remember like 10 years ago, I started working with a sponsor for about two minutes, and she told me to call her at 6 a.m., and I was like, are you nuts? And I, I am now a sponsor and tell them to call at that hour. Wow. I don't want to miss a part of this day. Thank God for this book. And thank God for these people that wrote this book and shared this seemingly hopeless state of mind and found recovery. 
the we in this program has really taught me that I'm not alone in this illness. This is not something I have to struggle through day after day alone. I can know that I have hundreds of people on this line every morning, and thank you all for being here and for being part of this fellowship with me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lauren N. Now, I, I guess I didn't hear an LNSG. Could it have been Hazani A? Was that you I misheard? Good morning. Thank you, our moderator, for leading the meeting this morning. My Who name is, is this, please? This is a Hazani A. <laughs> Yay. Thank you, Hazani. Okay. Yes, I just wanted to, I'm so grateful to be on the line this morning with all of you wonderful people, the Vision for You team. Um, this, these 100 men and women that went through all this hell and became, they became recovered and they wanted to give it away. They didn't ask for any money. They wanted to give what the knowledge that they had gotten and the recovery that they had gotten to everyone that wanted to have it. And I am so grateful this morning that after five decades of going through hell, knowing I was insane but not knowing why, um, that now there is a solution and I have the solution and I am recovered and now I'm sponsoring other people. I am grateful this morning and just so pleased to be on the meeting to let other people know that, um, that, there is a solution. If there's newcomers on the line, there is a solution. And that's all I really wanted to say. And I pass. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Hazani A. For those of us just coming on the line, we're on page XIII, forward to the first edition. We're reading the first paragraph and commenting on that. Who else would like to share this morning, please? Penny uh, Angela G. K. Craig F. Mary B. Okay, let me tell you who I got. I I heard a lot of people there, but I was only able to write down Penny C, Harlan G, and Craig F. Who else was there, please? Mary B. R. Kim G. from South Jersey. E. Okay, let's go with these six right now. I apologize for people that I missed. I have Penny C, Harlan G. Craig F, Mary B, Nessa R, and Kim G. So Penny C, can you start us off, please, followed by Harlan G. Well, actually, this is Penny E from South Jersey. I'm one of the... Even better. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, good morning, good morning, good morning. What a blessing. My name is Penny E. I'm from South Jersey, and I'm just overwhelmed with excitement this morning to share. Please uh, time me. I trust that you will. Uh, You know, this book is our, our $10 million inheritance. I mean, it's an education that... We kept, money couldn't buy it. I am so grateful, grateful, grateful this morning. Some of the things that jumped out to me today is, you know, the alcoholic is a very sick person. When I heard that, I was thrilled because I thought I was stupid. I thought, you know, I thought I was, I don't know what I thought, lesser than other people. You know, I couldn't stop eating. 
Sickness I could deal with. Sickness was a blessing. Show me how to get well. What do I have to do to get well? The other thing that really jumped out to me today is they talk about a way of life. This is not something we do just to lose weight. Uh, a way of living, a way of life. They, they talk about that in the big book, and it reminds me of the Amish. You know, the Amish don't go on vacation to, in our area, Atlantic City, and put on bikinis because they're at the beach. You know, I'm just going to go off of it because I'm at the beach. Uh, it's a way of life. They do it thick or thin, you know, whatever. You get my point. This is a way of life. I do it no matter what. When I'm happy, when I'm unhappy, when my husband was killed, when my parents died, when I got a promotion, I don't change. I don't change. And I also want to say this, that through the grace of God, I mean, we don't talk about how long we're abstinent on this line, but I think it's important for people to know there's many, many people on this line with double digits, not only 11, but 20-some years, 30-some years. And I am one of the people for 28 continuous years, have been able to abstain from compulsive overeating. But more than that, I have changed. My personality is totally different. I'm going to a 50th high school reunion tonight, and I didn't have to lose any weight. And I don't know that people are going to recognize me because I'm different. I'm just a different, different person when they talk to me. That I'm grateful for. The, the credit goes to God, of course. I can scream it loud. I can write it in the sky in skywriting. 28 years. That's a miracle for anybody who is on this line. I beg of you, please listen and read and study this big book. Do I still have more time? I can't believe it. Okay. I guess Not I'll... now. <laughs> okay. All right. Love you guys. Have a God-filled day. Thanks so much. Thank you, Penny E. Harlan G., it's your turn, followed by Craig F. Thank you very much, Lynn, and thank you for your service, and thank you to Team Thursday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive reader in Scottsdale, Arizona. What is so special about this, what is so amazing about this, is lost on some of us in 2017, because some of us, like me, sometimes take this for granted. But this is the first time in recorded history that drunks wrote a book about getting out of the morass of self-pity and the, the horrible affliction of their alcoholism to a recovered state. You've had Richard Peabody, The Common Sense of Drinking, and he had a couple of things right uh, he had the one thing he had right that affected the big book. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, and helping others. You had Charlie Towns writing Reclaiming the Drinker and Alcohol and Drug Sickness. Charlie Towns was not an alcoholic. You had the Washingtonians, and you had preachers and ministers, and you had alienists, and you had all kinds of people telling drunks that they shouldn't drink and why they shouldn't drink. It went in one ear and out the other. Here was a voice that had depth and weight. And it wasn't one drunk. It wasn't two drunks. It was a group of drunks, more than 100 men and women, really 60. But anyway, 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body.
main object of this book is to help you find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. Is that consistent? You bet it is. You bet it is. And these drunks have a voice that has depth and weight. No longer is somebody going to tell me why I shouldn't eat so much, that I'll never get a girlfriend, that I'll never get a good job, that I'll look like garbage, that I will never fit into society in an obese condition. I knew that when I was five. I knew that when I was six. I get it. I want to be thin, but I don't know how. This is the first book. This is the first fellowship that taught me how not only not to compulsively overeat, but to do so happily. And that's the key. I am happily abstinent right now. And this book made that possible, and this fellowship made that possible. One without the other wouldn't have been as effective. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. Craig F., it's your turn, followed by Mary B. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Oh, great. Thank you. Um, uh, I, I love this paragraph. Um, I uh, want to focus on a couple of things. The hopeless state of mind and body, um, a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. You know, I, I read an article uh, before I ever got to, to uh, OA in, in the Sunday health section of the newspaper, and and the and the guy was talking about addictions in general, but he talked about uh, food addiction and being over. And the guy quoted a statistic that said that if uh, you had a hundred pounds to lose, that statistically your odds of keeping it off were less than four percent, and that if you had two hundred pounds to lose, that the statistic that was uh, not measurable that the number of people that would recover from that were was not a measurable statistic it was too small and i you know i was sitting there reading that with 200 pounds to lose and of course i balled my fists and gritted my teeth and said well watch me you know but of course i, I didn't make it to supper time but um you know at a hopeless state of mind and body, which means that I had both the obsession and the allergy. And uh, I didn't know. The only solution I had was my will. And my will was no match for for the obsession or the allergy, and certainly not for the combination of both of them. But this book uh, is going to show us precisely how they've recovered and, and it can show me pre- precisely how I can recover. And and uh, it promises to do that. And later on, it, as, as Harlan alluded to, and uh, it, it says ex- exactly what this book is about. Its main object is, enable you, is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. In other words, a power greater than my willpower, a, greater, a power greater than my intelligence, my... I can't think my way out of this. I can't sit down and plot this great food plan and project my weight loss like an engineer. And and you know I I can't uh, uh, I, I can't uh, I that encapsulates it all. I can't. God can, 
I think already, uh, you know, that, uh, that was my problem. I thought my problem was food and weight. My problem was I was trying to play God. And uh, once I uh, stepped aside and allowed for a power greater than myself to come into my life, life changed. Life changes. Things change. And uh, I, have a, I have a chance. And then this hopeless, this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body is no longer seemingly hopeless, but I have hope. And, I, and you know, Dante's Inferno, he said that the Time sign is. over the... The gate to hell said, abandon hope, all ye that enter here. But today I have hope. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig S. Mary B., it's your turn, followed by Nessa R. Thank you so much, Lynn S. Thank you for your service this morning. This is Mary B., gratefully recovered in Central California. I refer to this paragraph a lot. Um, I have been... Uh, around our program and uh, our sister programs. And I get a lot of phone calls from people who have a problem with that word recovered. And they come and they, uh, you know, being in California, most of my people that I refer to this line uh, just listen to the recordings. They hear that word recovered. And I refer to this paragraph because this tells us what we have recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. And that's not so hard. I don't believe it's that hard. You walk into the room and the first thing you feel is hope. That's the first gift that we give to any newcomer is hope that there is a solution to their disease the solution that we have found and that we so gratefully share. So I love this paragraph. And at the very end, that last sentence, and besides, we are sure that our way of living has its advantages for all. I heard somewhere that Bill W., when he was writing this book, made the comment that this is going to reach many others other than alcoholics. He must have had a vision somewhere. And how many of us recovered in this room haven't thought at some time, I know I have, wouldn't it be wonderful if the entire world were on this program? (laughs) What a dream. I do want to share something with you this morning because this a vision for you has become so important to me. So I want to share my celebration this week. When I walked into the first meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, I don't remember whether it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. I didn't think it was that important at the time. But it was the first week of November, 55 years ago. And I... I feel so grateful that I'm still here. I wish I could say I've been abstinent for 55 years. I just recently celebrated 12 years and 12 years of maintaining the weight loss that matches my age today, 80 pounds. Only a higher power could have kept me 
here all these years. And I really believe that only a higher power can put down an addiction. If it happened for me, it can happen for you. And God bless us all. Thank you very much for the opportunity to share. Thank you, Mary B. Nessa R., it's your turn, followed by Kim G. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. For me, the most important word in this paragraph is the word show. It doesn't say to tell, doesn't say to suggest, to give advice, to pontificate, to admonish. It says to show. And showing means to demonstrate by, by power of example. And that's what makes this program so powerful because all the so-called experts that I went to before I came into these rooms, and even while in these rooms, they couldn't show me. They could just tell me what they thought I should do. They could make suggestions. But they didn't know what it was like to live in my body and in my mind. You know, it wasn't until I came into contact with somebody in whom the problem had been solved and then I I was shown. I I was shown because, you know, we compulsive overeaters and recovered compulsive overeaters are the experts. We are the experts in the disease and we are also in the experts, we are the experts in the recovery, you know. And so, you know, now that I'm recovered, it is my responsibility to show others. And how do I show? I show up in the way I conduct myself, you know, not only with the food, but, but in all my affairs. And, and what do I show? I show that I precisely, in every detail, without changing, adding, deleting, uh, modifying anything, um, precisely follow the instructions in this book. And so, you know, I don't eat the same way I used to. I don't feel the same way I used to. And more importantly, I don't behave in the same way I used to because um, I have done with this book and what my sponsor has told me to do and my sponsor has shown me to do. And so I have been transformed. I have been transformed. I, I'm no longer miserable and insane. You know, I'm, I live happy, joyous, and free, not problem-free, but, but free from the obsession, free from the mental anguish, free from you know, most of the time, selfishness of seeking dishonesty and fear, you know, and, and, and now, now is my responsibility to show others, uh, to show others who, who want to be shown and who want to follow these instructions precisely, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Kim G., it's your turn. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. And, you know, I don't know how many people are like me, but I'm someone who's been in and out of Overeaters Anonymous for decades. And, you know, I had temporary respite after temporary respite. And when I came into a a group that actually studied this big book, what I really saw was I wasn't doing the program of recovery in the rooms of OA. What I was doing was I was working a program of opinions, slogans and white knuckling my food going to bed exhausted having beaten the food for one more day so a lot of this was actually looking at my old ideas and my prejudices 
and realizing that I wasn't precisely following these steps. So I just want to tell you what I thought the 12 steps were. Step one was that food and weight was my problem. Step two was I had to return to my childhood religion. Step three was an action step, not a decision step, you see, because I thought God was Santa Claus and I was going to tell him all the things I needed. And when he didn't do them, I would, quote, unquote, take my will back. Step four and five was simply an autobiography where my main object was to convince my sponsor that I had every right to hate these people and I wanted her to hate these people as much as I did. Step six and seven was where I would now change and become a good person. I would work on my defects and become a good person. Step eight and nine is where I would apologize to people, but I would still continue to do those same behaviors. Step 10 was something I did at night where I could evaluate, was I a good girl today or was I a bad girl today? Step 11 was simply saying the serenity prayer 40 times a day every time I was ticked off. And step 12 was I was somebody's diet buddy and I was their life coach. I have to tell you, when I worked that 12-step program, my reality was relapse after relapse after relapse. So if that is anyone, if that's familiar to anyone, what I want to just implore you is to open this book, confront your old ideas, confront your old prejudices, jump into this book, jump into the water, because the water is warm and recovery is possible for every person in this line, whether this is the first time you've ever been exposed to 12 steps or you are like me who've been in 12-step programs for years doing everything but working the 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. For those of us just coming online, we're on page XIII, forward to the first edition, and we're reading the first paragraph and commenting on that. Who would like to share? Lisa B. Okay, I'm sorry. All I heard was Lisa B. If we could say her name once, maybe that'll help me. Somebody K. Marcy P. Angela K. Okay. I've got Lisa B, Angela K, Marcy P. Elizabeth A. Penny C. Penny C. Okay, let's go with that. We'll see if we can fit four people in. Lisa B, followed by Angela K. Good morning, Lynn. Can you hear me? This is Lisa. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for your service. Good morning, everyone. I'm Lisa B., a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. This is, of course, a so such a powerful reading, and all of the shares have just continued to help me get a better understanding. So thank you for all of your shares. And um, I'm still learning. I'm always going to be learning. And this is, uh, I mean, this is like my manual for life. This has been my life-saving document, you know. And this beginning forward to the first edition states everything that is so valuable to me. The thing that I learned today that um, I wasn't aware of in the past was about showing, you know, showing rather than telling. So thank you for everyone that's been sharing that. But you know what jumps out for me is very sick. And when I look up the word sick, which most of us would think, well, I know what that word means, but, you know, it helps me to look it up. And it says affected by physical or mental illness. And then the word very is emphasis, extremely, exceedingly, intensely. So I am intensely affected by physical and or, or both for me, of all of us with this illness, mental illness. 
And that's really important for me to remember. So when I started working with my recovered guide, you know, I wanted to give you all a chance. I wanted to give this program a chance. But I still was holding on to so much of like, you know, this is too good to be true. Because I accepted many, many years ago that I I just am going to have to accept that this is my plight. I, I had so many private thoughts and imaginings and walls and barriers, you know, that I was different, that I was different somehow. And when my recovered guide sponsor, who I'm so grateful for, who is very human and always just shared with me how she did this program and never tried to protect herself, project herself as a perfect being. She just let me know what she did. And, you know, I started thinking, gosh, she must be really sick with this illness because she has to work so hard. And I had all this denial that I'm not going to have to work that hard. I'm not going to have to work precisely the way this book is laid out. And it wasn't until we got further in and through still reading in step one chapters that I realized that, oh, my gosh, I really, really am sick. But, you know, today I still can't think in my mind that I know how sick I am or how well I am. I know nothing. I know nothing. And today I know that my life is really my higher power's life. It's not even my life. It's my higher power to live through me. That when I try and live this life, I screw up. You know, it's just a mess. And that's what I wanted to share. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Angela K., it's your turn, followed by Marcy D. Good morning, everyone. Angela Kay, and uh, very grateful to be. I, I'm a compulsive overeater, and very grateful to be on the line. Um, and uh, just grateful to hear about recovered compulsive overeater. When I hear that in the rooms, I um, when I've heard that in the rooms, I've chased, and um, it's uh, it's good to be. Uh, reminded of, you know, to go back to the source of, of, you know, where that is in the big book. And um, and I also appreciated hearing show. I appreciated hearing everything. I'm, I, I apologize. I came in after the meeting started, so I don't know if um, there are certain uh, requirements to share, but uh, I haven't been here, or a certain absence um uh, time to share, but um, I'm coming back um, to OA um, as if the dying seek life preserver, as the dying seek life preservers, which is, I know, totally other chapter, but, um, and I'm also coming home. Uh, OA is my home. It was my first 12-step program. Uh, decades ago, and um, I'm coming home, and the reason I'm coming home is, or I need to come home, is um, both my parents died recently, and um, I've been um, managing um, some of my emotions and grief with sugar, and um, I'd like to not do that and uh, honor the process. Uh, my grieving process and honor my parents and um, and not hurt myself, but to feel feel the um, the feelings and to um, just to be in in the process. So um, so uh, I'm glad to be home and um, and that's it. So um, have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Angela K. Marcy B., it's your turn, followed by Penny C. 
Hi, uh, this is Marcy D. It's a ABCD, and I'm from California and very new to vision. I'm visiting my daughter on the East Coast, and I have felt desperate because I've been in a, a relapse of a year. So I was told about a vision, and this is the third meeting, and I've been abstinent. I've been free of compulsive eating since I started listening. And I'm just very appreciative. I just can't begin to tell you how appreciative I am. It's I've been in hell, and I feel like I'm given a new lease on life. And just want to thank everybody very much. And that's it. Thank you, Marcy D. Penny C, you're up, followed by Elizabeth H. And if we cut the share down to two minutes, both people can share if that's possible. Hi, this is Penny C. Thank you. And yes, it's possible. <laughs> uh, this I'm recovered. Co- compulsive reader from the Boston area. I'm going right back to the Swiggly printing right after the title of this uh, selection. Um, This is the forward as it appeared in the first printing of the first edition in 1939. Um, Every time I see that date, 1939, that was the year I was born. This big book was published four months before I was born. And I think of it, even though I didn't know about it till I was 47, I think about it as it was a gift to me when I was just born, just an infant. And it was waiting for me. But it wasn't the right time until I was 47 years old. And then I went found by strange circumstances that I look back at, found the rooms of OA and heard, as another speaker said earlier on today, that this was an illness. I was sick. I wasn't I wasn't lazy. It wasn't that I didn't have enough willpower at times. Sometimes I did. I lost weight on my own with 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 that wonderful willpower, but it never never lasted until I got to the rooms of OA. And so, um, you know, I'll share. I'm going to share this book with all of you. It was a gift to me. <laughs> um, Tongue in cheek, I say that, but I I truly truly am grateful that this book is here for me and for us, for all of us, so that we can recover from this grave illness. It can it can be it can be arrested as long as we stay in fit spiritual condition and follow the dictates in this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Thank you for letting me share. Time, please. Thank you. Thank you. Elizabeth H., I'm sorry, but we have run out of time. I hope you can uh, stick around for the next meeting coming up. And thank you to everyone who shared and to Team Thursday, Toby K., Rocky E., Carmela G., Katie G., Naomi B., and Janice M. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID number for today, Thursday, November the 2nd, is 10614. We will now close the meeting with a reading from the big book on page 164, 
followed by the serenity prayer. Will Katie G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Lynn. Katie G., recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic, grateful in Boston. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to, and to us. <coughs> Excuse me. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with, with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.